hi how are you thank you so much for listening in however you got here uh whether you're a fan of somebody who i've interviewed on this show or if you're a fan of my music and just follow along with all the other content i like to put out or if you're a friend of mine thank you so so much for listening in i'm really excited to start this new show uh everybody's brain dead which is a lyric from one of my songs that i wrote um it plays in the outro Um, I am really excited to start this first episode with my friend Annie. So Annie and I um, have another podcast together. It's called Love is a Softball Field, and we started it about a year ago. Annie and I were best friends in high school, and um, we both in college came out to each other kind of along the same timeline, and we've always been really close, and she's hilarious. She's just one of my favorite people in the world. And we started um, Love is a Softball Field together so that we could just catch up. Basically, we lived across the country from each other. We would um, call each other weekly and catch up, but uh, we were talking about our life sort of through our specifically queer lenses. So that was a really important podcast to me, and we definitely plan on continuing it. We're on a little break right now, but we will be continuing with that in the future, and I love um, discussing those types of topics, but I also wanted to branch out and um, interview I know so many interesting people here in Los Angeles I've met so many cool people and I'm incredibly extroverted and I love to meet even more new people and learn about them so I wanted to do something where I could invite different creative people or people pursuing some kind of creative passion I wanted to invite them over cook for them chat with them learn about um, what motivates them to keep doing what they love So ironically, this first episode, I'm not inviting anyone over. Um, Annie and I call each other, and um, this is actually a crossover episode, so you might be listening on the Love is a Softball Field channel, or if you're um, on the Everybody's Brain Dead channel, thank you, welcome. Uh, It would be awesome if you could, what's the word, what's the term? Subscribe, I think. (laughs) I think it's subscribe to uh, this new podcast, and If you are looking for it online, I'm just combining, I'm posting everything from just all of my Maddie Ross socials, so it's maddieross.com if you're looking for full episodes to download or anything like that, Um, and my Instagram is at raddymoss, and my Twitter is at maddieross17, so I'll just be posting from there um, if you're trying to find it and it's driving you crazy. Um, okay, so with all of that said, welcome to Everybody's Brain Dead. Thank you so much. This is my first guest, Annie Krabenschmidt, and I th- really hope you enjoy and hope you stick around. And Thank you. Hi! Hello! Welcome to our podcast, but also simultaneously, welcome to my other podcast, What's your, can you do an intro? Is like, are, this is the first time people are hearing you, no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be the first episode. So. so you better lay it on thick right now. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, I don't, that, oh. Do you want to start over? Or? <laughs> my name is Maddie and, uh, this is my podcast. Oh boy. I should have mentally prepared more for this. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do a podcast um, different from the gay thing because I love the gay thing, but I also um, have other interests besides being gay. I don't really understand that. <laughs> um, I realized that 
one of my favorite things to do, just one of my passions is inviting people who I don't know that well over and cooking for them or making them tea or just hanging out and then um, asking them a million questions about what they're passionate about and what they like and why and what drives them to do what they do. Um, Especially, especially if you're in, if you're pursuing something creative and it doesn't have to just be like traditionally creative, but I feel like it takes just a certain amount of courage and strength (laughs) and passion to do something that's hard to do, something that's not very, that's not an easy path to pursue, so. Someone, uh, (laughs) someone called me courageous tonight, and I can get to that later, but (laughs) this is all ringing true. Were they, what is Amy, Amy, uh, what's her name? Fuck. Schumer, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, when she's like, yeah, you know when you pose naked and everyone's like, you're so brave. Right, right. That's kind of what it felt like, actually. Well, but we can get to that later. I want to finish your intro here. Oh, cool. Well, this is my intro. It's basically that um, instead of talking to you every single week, which is still my favorite thing to do. Um, All right. <laughs> I wanted to um, interview a bunch of people in different creative fields and just find out um, what they're passionate about. So. Cool. Yeah. Um. And well, can I just say that I am flattered and a little confused that I'm your first guest? Um, I just think it's so. it's really creative the ways that you've um, managed to make friends in this world given your, pers- <laughs> your personality. It's courage. It's, it's all courage. <laughs> um, it was interesting because you and I were talking the other day. You said that you've been submitting some stuff um, writing-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I should probably give a little bit of a of a precursor. Yeah, yeah. So you are an incredibly hilarious, creative person, and Stop. and you're my podcast partner, and you're my gay friend, and you are not her gay girlfriend, guys. Platonic. Natty's taken. Platonic. Yes, we're platonic. Yes, I. <laughs> And, um... You said that, you said that, like, you've had to tell me before, but no, we've, we, there's no backstory here. I'm just confused, like, I don't really know who's listening, like, who my demographic is, but I'm assuming they know me and you uh, and my girlfriend. Oh, sure, sure. Um, but you are also a, you used to do stand-up comedy, and you sometimes still do open uh, mics. <laughs> you, we can, yeah, the, that's not quite accurate, but we can get to that. <laughs> Later. Well, the last open mic you did, we um, debriefed Ooh. on one of our um, most recent yeah. episodes. That was rough. You got um, relatively wasted and then went on stage and <laughs> forgot everything. I forgot everything, and I was trying to do a thing where I was like, so I was on crutches at the time, and I was trying to do a thing where I was like, isn't this pathetic and hilarious, but the people of Durham are so compassionate and kind that they just like... <laughs> I think they just really felt bad, and they were like, oh, like, yeah. it wasn't. Anyway, Maybe. I was trying to be like, I haven't left my house in months, and they were just like, we see how much pain you're in right now. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we can tell. You don't look so Yeah, good. exactly. Right. It was like, we just feel sad, so how, I that didn't go very well. How's your knee doing? You broke it. Uh, it was my leg, well. uh, bottom, bottom half. Knee's fine. <laughs> Knee is good. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, actually, I don't know. So I'm, I think not, I'm not behind schedule because there's no such thing in life, but I'm, uh, things are not going great the way that I wanted them to, oh, I would say. God. So I'm still, I know I'm still not running. Um, mm, me, me neither. <laughs> so we can commiserate about that. <laughs> um, and I still like, 
I still get sore walking. So I'm still working through some things right now. I, I went to a doctor over break who was like, you know, people think that everyone comes back from this kind of injury, but really the return to full full functioning is only 70%. And I was like, thank you what? so much. Like ever? Yeah, she was like, if you if you damage your cartilage, like you'll never run again. And I was like, thank you. Oh. And uh, I'm not really a runner per se, but like if you're late for a flight, it's convenient to be able to jog. Right, if you're being chased. Right, that's one of my biggest things right now. I'm like, I could hang off of a cliff, but I couldn't run away from an, an attacker. Oh. Well, let, yeah. let's hope that um, the attacker starts attacking attacking you close to a cliff. Yes, and then I can just jump. Yeah, exactly. Um, how was your dinner? It was great. I made a giant sheet pan of chicken pot pie because I was like, oh, I'll cook for your whole family. My roommate's out of town um, in the mountains again. And so I was like, come on over, bring your kids. And they were like, kids have a birthday party, but you can bring in the, the pot pie over to our house. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, yeah. I'll do that. And then by the time I got there at 7.30, the kids were in, asleep. And I was like, I forgot. What? How old are so, they? They're like four and six. Uh-huh. So it, I I didn't realize that that was when kids go to bed because it seemed so baffling to me. <laughs> um, but it was delicious. And we had a we had a great time. And That's so impressive. That's so adult of you to go bring food to a married couple. <laughs> you know, you got to help out the community when you can. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, married with kids sounds like I'm not ready for that yet. No, no, me neither. Yeah. Um, first you, anyway. you got to lock a lucky lady down. That was cruel. <laughs> that was cruel. I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> we Maddie and I talk a lot about how I'm single because she and I both... How do we say this? <laughs> she and I both came out to each other and we were both dating people that we believed to be the loves of our lives... And then, alas, only one <laughs> remains. <laughs> You're doing great too, though. Like you've learned. Thank you. You've learned so much about yourself. I've learned so much about myself. I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that. I really have. You've re- I have. You've really, you know, demonstrated strength of character. Mm-hmm. Courage and bravery. Yeah, you're, you're so yep. brave. <laughs> I'm so brave. <laughs> That's all. This the whole. <laughs> this episode is gonna be called Annie Krabbenschmidt is so brave. I think that we have your theme song, too. Whoa. Whoa. No, that was a joke. You should not use that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so on our previous podcast, Love is a Softball Field, um, we told, we've spoken about this a ton, but um, we basically told our entire coming out stories over the course of, like, 20 episodes. So if you're curious about <laughs> the backstory, go and give There's it. There's hours of, of <laughs> content. A lot yeah. of hours. You could spend a lot of time listening to us. That's funny. Yes. Um, highly recommend. <laughs> you, yeah. Hi, five stars. Highly recommend. Um, it's, the, it's the best podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> remember, remember when I tried to write a review in the iTunes store? Okay, wait, can I tell the story? This is funny. Um, We're starting off, and Maddie is like, all right, everyone give it five stars. And, like, despite the fact that I've told my friends a million times to just go rate it, no one was leaving any ratings or reviews. And then Maddie types one, or I read one. It's like, and it's not just, like, Annie and Maddie are, are, you know, spelled just are awesome. Ha, ha, ha. It's like... Maddie wrote what she wanted someone to write about her. It was like, Annie and Maddie touch on sensitive subjects. 
and then crack up in one foul swoop and shift so seamlessly back and forth from comedy to drop. It was just... This makes me feel like a fucking crazy person, which maybe I am. Maybe this is what I'm learning about myself. And then she didn't realize that it was going to post Ratty Moss as her username. And I was like, hey. You were like... Could be wrong. You were Could like, be wrong, but is this you? You were like, did you write this? And I was like, no. And then I looked, and it was my name. I was like, oh, well, fuck. Yeah, I did. I did. Sue me. We'll call that one a mulligan. This won't happen again, folks. So this is um, everybody's opportunity to go ahead and rate everybody's brain dead. On iTunes, so that I don't have to embarrass myself twice. You need to be stopped. Oh man, yeah, we've had some. All right, we've had some good times on our show. We did. Yep. Um. So you are also in the process of getting your masters, which is really cool. Right. So and that's also one of the one of the. Mm, there's no. There's not really an excuse for what happened, but if there was an excuse, it's that I am in school trying to finish up and. I don't think that time management is my issue. It's that, um, and maybe this is like a good segue into the creative thing. Uh, I cannot have multiple things on my, like, that I'm thinking about and, and planning on in my head. Otherwise, I just get really stressed out. So, like, I, I knew it's not, it's like an hour and a half of time to do this kind of thing each week. And, like, that's not time. It's just, like, my head being, like, what's going to, like... I was just having to, and it was something I cared about, so I didn't want it to, yeah. I was thinking about it all the time, and then I was like, that's stressing me out. Right. Uh, so I I get really swept up, and and I guess I'll just talk about writing too. I, I don't really consider myself a writer just yet, though like, that's just me being modest, I guess. Yeah, that's, some, that's something or, to dive into. There's something there, because you are. Oh, sure, there's a lot, yeah. You're sure a writer. Um. I'm, I only say that because then if someone would be like, where are you published? I'd be like, absolutely nowhere. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Um, but, and I also don't know, you know, they, there's a lot of people be, people will, um, like writers, you're a writer when you write all the time. And I just spend a lot of time not writing. Like I spend a lot of time being like, I'm going to write this thing. And then I spend a lot of time not writing. So like. <laughs> You know, there's there's the um, writers are people who write a lot, and so like if you're a writer, you write, or like you are reading a lot, and writers love books, and I'm like I don't know that I love books so much right now in my life, um, when I have a lot of other things that I'm learning, and don't want to go home and read a book after school. Um, sue me. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that yeah, that's like that's really interesting because I feel like people. People love to make generalizations, like, especially if some famous person is being interviewed or something, they're like, right. they're like, a writer is this, this, and this. Like, if you don't, you know, read 10 times more than you write, then you can't really get good yeah, at your craft. Right. Or like, I woke up every morning at, at 5.30 a.m. and went for a huge run and then finished all of my novels before noon. Like, <laughs> like there's like people who, who do things a certain way, but I feel like that's the entire point of being a creative in any field is that it's your particular expression of your experience and it's like there's sporadic writers there's people who you know publish a novel and then don't publish anything else for 50 years like yeah wow don't tell me that but yeah (laughs) um I I there's a couple of sometimes the the times that I'm most sure that I'm a writer is like when I hear about writer's misery and like what that feels like (laughs) Um, so Tolstoy, it was either Tolstoy or one of the other, or Dostoevsky, like one of the Greek guys. 
one of the Russian guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, most of them are actually, like, completely true. Like, um, that that is another worry altogether is, like, how can someone love me when I <laughs> hate myself so much? Um, but Tolstoy was there's a clipping from his diary that was like like day 27 like still haven't written anywhere it was like you know it was 10 entries of I sat with the pen poised in my hand and like yet no words came out so when I read things like that I'm like okay I can handle the I sit at my desk for 10 days straight and don't actually write anything right Totally. But this over break, I, I actually submitted a bunch, which I thought was really fun. And some people think that's exhausting, but like oh. I was just writing cover letters and unlike a job cover letter, it was like, I got to just be like, here's the shit and, and let me send it to you. So it was a kind of a unique experience. And I submitted to like 12 or something different journals or, and I'm still submitting a bunch these days. Oh, I forgot a deadline that was today. Well, that, <laughs> you know, we... <laughs> Oh well. You're doing great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm. I I just keep submitting things, and I got I got called. Um, I was called courage uh, courageous today because I uh, submitted I submitted a, a humor piece that I wrote senior year. I submitted it to McSweeney's oh, cool. internet thing, which is their humor section. Uh, and I got a very like callous rejection email um, and then <laughs> responded with another essay and then got another rejection email. And then he was like, that takes courage. And I was like, yup. <laughs> I feel like McSweeney's in particular is like a little stuck up almost in their rejections from just what it seems well, like. Yeah, it was like, thanks for the look, but I'm going to have to pass. And I was like, there's a better way to say that, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I'm i in the rejection phase right now of, oh, good. of my creative process because I just finished a song that I'm so excited about and I'm ready to release. And um, I made a video with it with my friend, which I'm really excited because I've never done any kind of video before. And do you mean like a music video or it's a, like it's a lyric video or like a porno? <laughs> I did a little video with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Never done anything like this before. Um, no, it's like a lyric video. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm really proud of it. My friend Dee Dee, who's an awesome um, artist who. Prob- Dee Dee Beck. Yeah, Dee Dee Beck. She's um, she's so amazing and creative and she helped me. Um, basically, I was describing her. I showed her the song. And it's, it's like, about when Shaq and I started dating, and so it's kind of, like, set at USC in just, like, a very nostalgic, like, specific period of time. And um, she, like, opened up her computer, and she had this – she had all these photos. She, like, took a lot of film photos at USC, and she had all these photos from a party that Shaq and I were at sophomore year together, like, before we were dating, obviously, and also before we even had met Dee Dee. Um, and she was, oh, she was weird. Yeah, it was so crazy. She's like, look, like I have these photos of you guys at this party. And she was like, yeah, and I have all these other photos of like cool buildings and all this stuff at USC. And I was like, oh my God, these are like perfect and just match exactly like the mood of this song. So we made a video yeah. and she did, cool. a, she did a really cool job and we like compiled a bunch of, you're probably going to vomit. It's very like cutesy, like ode to our life. Yeah, no, I'm going to. Yeah. So good luck. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to vomit. I, 
look, I'm a romantic. I want this for you. I love <laughs> romance. I am a little bitter that I don't have it right now. It's okay. But you will. I think this is just a temporary thing, and then one day I will maybe listen to this podcast again <laughs> and be like, ah, that was you, you who hated love, and no, I'm very excited about this for you. Can yes. we move on to a different yes. subject? <laughs> yeah, basically. I'm excited. Basically. I'm excited for the song. I'm less excited at this point in our friendship, <laughs> stop three talking. year relationship. Stop yeah, yeah. You're done. Off that. Um, I am excited about the song, and I, I'm really, like, I was just, it turned out so well, and, um, that's such a good feeling when you really actually love what you're creating. Right. But then, Mm -hmm. now I have to do, like, we don't, I don't have a PR person, and we do all, I, like, have an email address where I send it, like, from the Wolfie email account, Sentimental Records, which is, like, our label, but it's basically just us. So I basically just get on the computer and send a bunch of emails as my girlfriend and just get a bunch of Make sure you don't give it away this time. What? Oh, that it's me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, our our email account is very fluid. It sort of just goes back and forth between the two of us, so. Yeah. Um, But we both pretend to be her. Um, But anyways, I'm getting a lot. Wait. What? She pretends to... Never mind. Shekel's existential crisis can be discussed at another time. (laughs) We both pretend to be her. Yeah. Um, anyways, it just We are, but wearing masks. Yeah. (laughs) No, I... Oh, I remember the... So, you know, we didn't discuss that this happened before to you, that you got a bunch of rejection emails, uh, and then one... Yeah, and you had a series of just, like, terrible... Like... (laughs) I know that mine was like a, a sassy short email, but you just got dragged by these people being like, I don't like what you're going for. Like being very um, authoritative mean? about like what mean. Yeah, no, it was like, I'm not, <laughs> it was always imagine some like douchebag with an English accent being like, I'm not really into the, like, cutesy girl pop band. Like, it was, yeah. they were just assigning you, relegating you to a category that I just didn't think um, you belonged in. And, and I don't think that you think that either. And, like, no one got what you were going for or, like, understood your deal. And then Chris Payne, who, who you know, messaged you out of the blue and was like, I'm at Billboard. I want to cover you or something. Yeah. Um, that was That was pretty crazy. And that was definitely, like a good life lesson because it's so it's really easy to be like keep your head up like all these famous people are always like oh I got a million no's like it just takes one yes you get a million no's and it's like okay fuck you <laughs> but right and the question is how do you keep going through the no's to get to the to the one yes like right and it, and it can when, yeah it can be really discouraging and like there are times when it really sucks and I hate I just am like I don't want to do this anymore because because I feel like there's no end in sight and there's no right. success in sight or leveling up in sight and I'm just sick of this. Um, right. And like I didn't, I'm still there. It's not like I'm it's not like all of a sudden I'm like the world has totally changed, but it just it really did give me some perspective that like, you know, like first of all, this was like a publication that's 
significantly bigger than any of the things I was submitting to. Like Billboard had, yeah. <laughs> Billboard had like eight million likes on Facebook or something, and I was getting these blogs with five hundred likes who were like, "Um, nah, I'm sorry, yeah. Maddie Ross, I just don't like your voice." And it's like, "Oh, fuck you." Um, so it's cool to like to just be aware of the fact that people who treat you like shit are just not worth it on any level, like whether it's big or small, like a real, a person who's actually good at their job is not someone who would treat you like shit. Like it's someone who would be respectful and like, even if it's a respectful rejection, like I just, there's no point in working with anyone who is disrespecting you. And that's what's so hard about putting yourself out there and like pitching Mm -hmm. stuff, especially is because you're just, you're like asking something of them in a way. And so it's kind of like dating. It's like, asking yeah. and hoping that someone is going to like you don't know anything about that okay <laughs> yeah you're right but it's what i imagine you go through when you go on dates <laughs> like you're you know i actually have only been on one date that i like wanted that to work out like you- for most of them i was like eh, but like i went on one date last winter that i was like wow this could be like really fun mm-hmm. um and then i was like, it was like that. I was like, should I text her? Should I message her? Is that too much? I did. I, and you know, actually, can we pause? I'm, I, if you're finished with your story, I don't know if you are, but like. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's done. Okay. Um, since this is my episode anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I had, this is not a part about creativity. This is a part about pa- uh, passivity and, and, you know, taking control of your life. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there and I was being like, maybe I should. Like, should I message her again after I said I had a great time? Should I text her and give her my number? That's so weird. Why didn't she ask me for my <laughs> number after I asked her out? Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to one of my favorite boys in my program. I guess I should say man. But anyway, he was like, if you want that, just, like, t- tell her that. And and I'm not – I do often bring gender into this and – I don't want to make it sound flippantly like I'm like, this is what it's like being a woman. But, like, it's kind of what it's like being a woman when you are your game is you're trying to be desirable and you're trying to just get asked something. And as soon as I sent, like, hey, I want to hang out again. Here's my number. I was like, that feels so much better than wondering if I did things right enough that she was going to message me or, like... And I did end up getting somewhat rejected in this scenario, but, mm-hmm. like, it felt so much better to be the one to say, like, okay, I'm sending this message because I'm in charge of, the, like, I, if that's what I want, like, I should do it. Right. Um, that's really interesting. So I, it was, like, a really big learning moment for me because, you know, so many women were taught that you just, like, make sure, make sure you look cute and make sure you, um, you know, are dressed well, I don't know exactly, well, yeah. but, and it, you know. And it's just in our culture, it's a very male thing to pursue somebody. And, like, that's right. that's such a hot yeah. topic right now with just toxic masculinity and, like, you know, knowing your boundaries. But it's also, like, equally a feminine thing. The way that I was raised is to, you're right, like, be approached and be approachable and to not right. to not ask for too much and to, you know, like, just be polite. And it feels really just, like, counterintuitive for me to be like promoting myself or to be going out of my way to like say hi like listen to my music or whatever and like that's part of the reason that we do it with a different email address too is like right right like wolfie is kind of gender neutral and like everyone thinks that wolfie is a guy 
at first. Like, they're always <laughs> funny. Like when she pitched yeah. when she pitched all her music, like she literally had people write about it, and they were like, "He wrote this, blah blah blah." Like they, oh boy. like they actually like published it, just calling her the guy Wolfie. It's embarrassing. Wolfie is my girlfriend's um, production name, producer name. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Like it, I feel like it really is. I mean, I do have guy friends though who also pitch music and just find it to be a terrible process so it's not like it's yeah no I, this was only tangentially related to the pitching of the music thing i was just thinking about what it feels like to like say what you want yeah totally. um anyway uh this your whole thing about talking about how people i don't think that people really understood your deal um you were because i think you were talking about a that lot of, i didn't i was i know i was um i i i feel like People wrote to you as if you were kind of like a, um, just like a teeny bopper, I guess. Yeah, Um, yeah, And then I feel like Chris wrote about, like, how savage you actually were. Um, And so I feel like people thought that, they thought one thing about your music, and so they, like, miscategorized, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was dangerous. And I think, you know, I struggle with that, too. Like, I submitted to this McSweeney's magazine which with pieces that because I hadn't read them in two years like made me burst out laughing Mm -hmm. when I read them again (laughs) um and I was like how could you not think this is funny but then I remember like well actually most people I meet think that I'm like don't get me and don't pick up what I'm doing and don't really understand and then there's like a very small audience of people Mm-hmm. like my friends obviously that I click with that like once they get it it's I feel like we're kind of tuned into this thing yeah um and then Adam put it nicely the other day I'm um, this is now I'm talking about myself but um Adam's my writing mentor friend and mentor um and he the other day said like you thought that you were always a comedian but you're an author your comedy is that you like write inside jokes to your friends that you're writing to like basically I'm not a I'm not really a comedian because I don't want to stand up and just make a joke what I want is to like welcome someone into my story and then leave things unsaid that make room for humor right um which I appreciated and I was like that actually is starting to make so much sense because I kind of had this existential crisis when I was in college like I thought I'd wanted to be a comedian and I tried it and I didn't really understand why it wasn't really working Mm-hmm. Um, but like when I get to write and then make jokes and writing, it feels so much more intimate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that when someone gets a joke that I put in, like, I don't know, like I, that's exactly how I feel about it is like, I like to get to know people. I mean, I'm not getting to know them. They're getting to know me, but I like to have a conversation before I start to like interject these, these things, um, yeah. that is kind of becomes a secret communication between me and the reader. Um, and that reminded me, this is all a long way of saying that this reminded me of a piece that I was reading. I'm trying to submit to journals right now, which means that I'm buying a lot of journals to see if I can kind of understand what they're doing. Um, and this one from San Francisco has this, is this amazing, I love it. I love everything about it. And my goal is to get published in here. I don't know how it's going to happen, but cool. um, I'm reading this. It's a not a transcript, but, you know, a a documentation of a speech at a writer's conference in Squaw Valley. Um, And a couple of things that I wanted to say that reminded me of you and your story about being completely misunderstood there Mm -hmm. or, like, being wrongly categorized um, and about me and my writing and art in general. So if you'll you'll bear with me for a couple minutes here. Yes, please, please. 
Go, um, go ahead. Is, and, I don't know if this is kosher. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is a good use of your time. But dude, this is perfect. This is exactly okay. Great. Yeah. No, please. <laughs> so I'm not usually for people. Um, like white men quoting white men is not usually <laughs> something that I'm like a huge fan of. But uh, an Oscar Wilde, like you know, he's a usual can- member of the canon. But um, Oscar Wilde, he's quoting at Oscar Wilde, who says, I'm, I am but too conscious of the fact that we were born in an age when only the dull are treated seriously, and I live in terror of not being misunderstood. Whoa. So rather rather than not being understood, he's he's saying that he's really scared of being, um, of not being misunderstood. So, like, someone might <laughs> take it, like, and understand it and digest it too quickly. Um, mm. And then, of course, goes on to be the, the famous Wilde quote that is, um, nothing that is worth knowing can be taught. Um, which will, I will explain why that makes sense to me in this speech in a second. Um, and then later in this whole piece, it becomes, um, this is about like what I think the central kernel of art is and why it is different than like why we call some films like, you know, pop or, um, not pop, uh, you know, when they're too, like, mainstream or they're too just, like, cookie-cutter films that, that are really entertaining, but people don't really call them art. Mm-hmm. Um, like pop culture? Like, right. Or, mm, well, that sounds, like, too degrading. Anyway, but the difference between that and, like, academia or something like that is, like, one of the fundamental aspects of being an artist, I think, from is if you're a true artist and you're creating something brand new is, like, people are not going to get it because they don't know how to consume it mm-hmm. they've if this is something they've never seen before if right. that's what if you're an artist you're making something out of out of nothing you're um you know you're you're creating a world that has never existed before so people right. are i think it's actually like a good sign if, if especially 10 years down the road when you're a famous musician and like the fact that you will will have been so misunderstood at the beginning is is great because it means that you were on to something different that people didn't really know how to handle. That's really interesting. That's so like Lady Gaga, and so I mean, there's a million other right. people, but yeah. And I so then um, this is kind of a longer a longer um, paragraph, but I'll read it anyway. Um, so he says. I mean that writers have a chance just now to sneak up on too easy mimicry, on fatalism and retreat, timidity and cowardice, on symptoms of a zeitgeist where we are asked to accept or interpret instead of knock it on the head, goose it, tickle it, shock it into startling self-recognition with a broken mirror image of itself. Some in the harsh weather, better angels and eager multitudes, all or any of that, and insist on stubbornly being misunderstood and celebrating it. Um... So I, I was reading this piece, and I was thinking of, of you in the um, pre-billboard era, <laughs> and <laughs> the Maddie Ross pre-billboard, <laughs> and I was thinking of me, too, and I was thinking of how, like, um, I, it was giving me comfort that, that someone might read what I was writing and not really understand what I was doing, cool. um, or maybe for now, I guess, um, or, like, give it, it was making me feel validated in the sense that like people you know what you said earlier was there's always a model and there's always people that people try to follow and and you know it's very frustrating and it's confusing to be trying to make something and not being sure of what you're making and and I think that's not the worst thing in the world I think that it's can be really difficult when you don't have a roadmap in front of you which is also like a metaphor for the entire life of someone who creates something but um 
in a in a less long-term thing I think I don't know I was just I was just thinking about how liberating that is to like and and dangerous because you know you have to sell at some point to someone right but how liberating it is to be like you know if people don't get it or don't like it that doesn't mean that you should stop making things it just means that it's something if it's art people have never seen it before I feel like you need to think of your art as if you were back in middle school like (laughs) like you're I feel like my art is in in you know your art and all of our art is in this stage of adolescence before you know before it becomes a 25 year old like sentient you know woman like does that make sense you get what I'm saying no I don't so like I think about myself in middle school and I'm like you were pretty fucking cool like that like you I did a bunch of weird I did a bunch of like really weird stuff and um and it's really cool how into certain random artists I was but which I you know quickly became embarrassed about and then stopped liking as much or like you know just all the random creative tendencies that I had that you then start to suppress as a middle schooler and as you go into high school they really yeah. like you know you start to shed a lot of those and I feel and I feel like every adult is like you know trying to tell middle schoolers like being different is like you're gonna want to be different when you're older like you know hang on to it being different is a good thing when you grow up like I feel like I want to tell that to- all right I want to make it clear that I did not have that inspirational message when I was <laughs> younger but go on well any any solidly raised child hears that being <laughs> I'm just kidding I love you Dawn you are fantastic. she's not I'm not giving her your podcast you asshole Dawn follows me Dawn that's true she'll know more before anyone <laughs> um I'm expecting her to send me flowers after this gets released, so. Oh, well, let her know. Um, so I, like, I wish that I could tell, or, like, I feel like that's a message that I should be giving to my artistic tendencies to, like, allow them to just be as weird as possible, you know? Sure. And I, and I do feel like my art, like, as an artist, I was pretty held back, like, when I first got to USC because I was in a class with, like, all these extremely talented people. Like, my right. my best friend got a record deal, like, two months into the school year. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. And, like, they were all... I was like, geez, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was just, like, learning how to play some chords. And, um, and my music was, like, you know, it just wasn't there yet. And I knew that... I knew that what I was making was good on the one hand, but I also kind of knew in my heart that it wasn't good yet. Like, I knew that I had that I hadn't found, I hadn't really tapped into, um, all of my abilities as, like, a creative, and, um, yeah. and then I started finally just, like, I wrote this one song after, I released a, an EP in 2014, so my senior year of college, like, right before I graduated, and that was, like, my first, that was my first full EP, and, and I do like it, and it was really good, um in for certain in certain ways like it was there's a lot that I do like about it and I'm proud of it but and I think I needed to make it in order to get to here but after after I made it I like was just home one summer and I had my acoustic guitar and I made this really just fucking weird weird song that um it's actually up on my SoundCloud but I never I never released it like it wasn't on the finished CD and it's not on my Spotify or anything but it's just this weird song that I made 
I played like this kind of ugly weird chord progression and I looped it and then I just sang like really really emo lyrics and I was kind of like screaming like my voice was like kind of breaking on it and it was just this like very I was just feeling extremely emo when I wrote it like I was I was really angsty I was really upset I was like hormonal and sad and like right and I was home for the summer and I was really really lonely and I was just feeling dark and I made this weird song and um and then I sent it to Sheck who I hadn't started dating I think we started dating really shortly after and she was like wait what if you were a senior did you release the EP or junior year oh sorry I I guess I wrote it I wrote it um after I'd finished writing the songs for that EP oh okay but but the EP hadn't been released yet yeah it hadn't been released yet but yeah it was right before senior year started that I wrote this last song and Sheck really liked it and she was like this is really fucking cool and like just her just having like one person like like just give me some sense of validity of that weird thing that I wouldn't have I literally would not have shown anyone like I wouldn't I would never have thought to right but I just you know in the moment it was kind of like oh here I'll show you this weird thing that I wrote and she loved it and then after that it was like just a roll it was like a waterfall of songs like poured out of me and it just kind of like my way of making music I didn't care so much if a song was like completed start to finish and I didn't care if it was in a weird spot in my voice I didn't care if the lyrics were like kind of out there like if they felt good to sing and they came naturally and it just changed like the entire way that I write songs yeah I think I don't have my garbage heap yet oh you think you still need to do a weird piece yeah like well maybe you think that hobbits is weird but um I don't think it is. I think it was like, I, I thought it was good when I was writing it. And I was like, here, I'm just going to sit down and write this. Um, so I've actually been trying to create scenarios where I could have my garbage heaps. Um, mm. Because I, so I, um, in an effort to be writing things that are less like, uh, so for a backstory, I wrote, I wrote an essay last spring called Concerning Hobbits and Vibrators. And it was just about... <laughs> um like growing up and not really understanding what my body was because like women don't talk about their bodies and we talk about them the wrong way and we like kind of keep a veil of mystery over them um and it's a hilarious piece i love it and then me not (laughs) me not understanding like what and you know what virginity was because of that because i just barely understood that sex was was like penetration um and then therefore really didn't understand that um like sex could also not be that it was like in fact my 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 nine-year-old version of what i believed sex to be was probably more accurate to what it is (laughs) today but um interesting yeah so like me me not understanding that there are multiple ways to to be intimate with people and mm-hmm. and that I was not in fact a virgin because I had never had sex with a man so um which by the way is a problematic term anyway but anyway so like these are all things that I had written about and I was like this just makes sense and it's right so I knew it was okay I read it again recently and I was like no I it's not it's not that great it could be better um what I haven't done is made something that wasn't so precious to me that mm-hmm. someone else actually wanted to read. So, right. um, in an effort to well, have, force myself have to... Have you made something like that, but just haven't showed it to anyone to read? Um, I have one piece that's really great. Right, but not but, not as it great. Just do you have pieces that you've just written 
that right no I don't have anything like that no I do like that's so so what were you when you were talking about being an adolescent and then being an adult like I started thinking like what's the difference there and the difference I think is that when you're a kid someone else is telling you that you shouldn't do something Mm -hmm. and when you're a 24 year old you're the one telling yourself that you shouldn't do something because you get told over and over again that you shouldn't do something so you start to believe it so now instead of me being like don't tell me what to do I'm talking to myself being like can you just let me like try this and like not judge you so much for right. so All I don't right. have um the thing that is like I forced myself into a scenario where I wrote a poetry review before this website that um oh, reviews poetry for non-binary I'm sorry that's not right female poets who are like and they really like women of color and especially gender non-conforming individuals things like that mm-hmm. um so it's a very, very low traffic site, which made me think like they would want my content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reviewed a, a book of poetry called Neon Soul by Alexandra L. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did it in like similar to poetry. I didn't have a lot to, I didn't have a lot of monitoring on it. I just, I read it a couple times and the book actually, I really enjoyed it. And so I, I just wrote what I felt about it mm-hmm. and didn't really wonder if it was good enough and I just submitted it. I have not heard back yet, but That's really cool. If if they were like this is great, we're going to publish this or post this um or you know, publishing is a strong word in this context cuz it's just like a blog, but um if they said we like this, that might, might be a moment where I might feel like huh, like the thing that came out of my head when I just sat down and didn't edit myself while I was typing Mm -hmm. is good enough right because I'm definitely stopping myself from starting these days like that's my biggest problem is that I'm overthinking what I think it's supposed to look like yeah and then not starting right yeah I think I think that's really common I feel like I do that too where like yeah it's almost it's almost like after I had after I released music and then had to deal with like the review process and the pitching process then all of a sudden I it immediately then entered my writing process where when I'd have an idea before I even was finished fleshing it out right. I'd be like well what would people say about this would they think that this is really cool or would they think that this right. is too whatever and I'm like oh shut the fuck up I know and I try really hard so the summer I read the libretto for Hamilton um and I felt so inspired by it because Lin-Manuel Miranda talks a lot about how like it took him 10 years like people think that it just came out of him mm-hmm. you know it took him 10 years to be like I, I think I could make a musical out of this That's crazy. um and then you know he shared some drafts like early verses that never made the play and you're like that's terrible mm-hmm. um and the the play is am- I mean I don't know if you heard the soundtrack but like yeah I've listened to it this, I, the soundtrack's incredible the play is amazing um, have you seen it yeah I've been apl- I've been applying on the little app to the lottery oh, really? every night, but I haven't won. I I wish for you that you get to see it. Me too. Um, but like it's such a brilliant puzzle and combination of different things that like, but you don't just make a puzzle by by making a puzzle. You make a puzzle by having a bunch of pieces down. So to have pieces down, right. you have to start by by you know trying to 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 write something down. Right. Um. And you don't get there when you edit yourself and wonder what the final product is going to look like. Right. I'm, I'm sort of having a thought, like, it almost reminds me of of meditation. 
the way right. that it takes so much practice and discipline to not think, which seems like right. it should be the easiest yeah. thing in the world to just not have any thoughts. But then if you try just sitting there for one minute not thinking about anything, you end up thinking right. about like at least a hundred things. Like your mind, your mind yeah. can't not, and it takes a concerted effort and you have to do like exercises and you have to like exercise that muscle and you have to find ways to draw it out of you so that the more and more you do the eventually some of that consciousness is taken out of this isn't there it's so funny you say that because i have tried to meditate many times for my anxiety and Mm -hmm. like they always say you know through the whole meditation i'm like blah 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 like (laughs) here's a million things that i have to think about right now because you told me i couldn't and then the narrator goes okay now think about whatever you want and i swear to god i could not come like every time he says all right like let your brain go and think about whatever every time my brain is such a blank like (laughs) You've, it's like you as mastered soon as, it. You found you yeah, found it. Right. No, I think it's I have a problem with authority. Um, <laughs> like as soon as that's kind of what it's like. I like I keep trying to tell myself to to not say those things while I'm writing, mm-hmm. and then I'm always like, blah 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 blah. So maybe if someone was like, be as critical of yourself as possible. <laughs> Do you want me to say that to you next time? Yeah. Can you text me tomorrow I'm, at ten? I'm gonna say, write me a piece that is going to be the funniest thing I've ever read. Yeah, and then I'll write something really stupid that, like, someone might find hilarious. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe that's the secret. Yeah, man. So, anyway, I, I, um, I've been thinking a lot about writing and, like, just, like, we're all unique people. We're all unique artists, which means that you just have to kind of, you can't follow a formula, which makes it difficult, but also, I don't know, it's kind of like growing up in that way. Like, you, mm-hmm. you haven't quite figured it out yet, and then you're overcoming the challenges i don't know so one of the things i'm mean, gonna pick your brain about this uh, you said that songs just started coming out of you which i think i don't believe you that that actually happened but <laughs> like i what is it like for you to be a songwriter when you're not writing songs well okay that's what's interesting is when you this is i was thinking about this when you first started talking actually when you were saying how you don't write all the time so you're not a writer and, right. um, and I feel very similar about myself as a songwriter. Like I think of myself as, I mean, I get very mad at myself and I try not to, but I beat myself up a lot because I think that I'm, you know, inconsistent and therefore lazy and, mm-hmm. you know, not, you know, just faking it. Like I, you know, I have the imposter syndrome for sure. Um, right. and especially it's interesting because my girlfriend Sheck is, really really disciplined and she's a songwriter and producer and she can literally just clock in and out like she she's so disciplined and she just wakes up and she's like I'm gonna work on music for like four hours until I have to go to work and then she just does it and she gets no I don't understand that she's like a machine like she's so so efficient and she's creative when she's doing it so so that makes me feel like I'm just a giant shithole but um but like, what I've come to learn is she and I are just so, our talents are so, so different because we're such different people. And, like, I, she can't write a song the way I could, 
Like she could she could make me a track and then she could write something, you know, on top of it that would be totally different than what would, I would come up with. And mine is like unique to me as an artist. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll have like a day where I'm hanging out and then I grab my guitar and I make something up and it sounds really cool. And then I grab my phone and I immediately like record a voice memo of it. And I'm like, whoa, that sounds really cool. And kind of just like a couple of those scratch lyrics actually that means something kind of cool to me. And then I'll just start like writing it and um, it will come out really quickly. So that that happens with like most of my songs that I end up using. But there's a ton of writing in between where I try really hard and everything just sucks. And I have like a million voice memos where I'm like, yeah, that's worthless. That's worthless. And sometimes I need like the structure that Shet can provide like when she makes me a track and I top line write on it because then I at least have a direction and I'm not worried yeah. about the music and I just like some cool line pops into my head or a melody pops into my head and then it's easy to go from there. So yeah and, huh. and we're, like, we're just such different people too like my strengths like the kind of strengths that I have I think would make me like better at being a traditional artist like someone who likes to perform like I get energy from performing and I love right talking to people and like playing in front of a crowd and I love, like, you know, talking with strangers about my music, whereas she, mm-hmm. like, you know, that completely drains her, and she doesn't like that whole aspect, and she just likes sitting in front of a computer, like, being creative alone, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm more similar to you in that way, I think. Yeah, I think you are, for sure, and, like, you have certain characteristics that would make you, like, really shine on a book tour, or, like, a press tour, or just even... Right. Even like just going and doing readings and then befriending the person at your local bookstore. And you know. That's literally all. That's all I want. Like, I want this thing to be written so that I can go read read a bunch of places. Because, like, there's just nothing more. I love entertaining people. Yeah. Yeah. And you're really good at it. I I have had moments where I've been good at it. (laughs) Um,. I've had moments where I haven't been good at it. <laughs> you but... have moments where you drink a little too much. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> which is which is honestly, for the record, like I'm not really a drinker, so it's an anomaly that that would have happened to me anyway. You and I did um, most of our drinking in high school. I really did, and then I stopped abruptly after I, I graduated high school. I know, I'm done. But that whole, so, so um, I guess I don't, maybe because like we all talk, so... I've been talking to myself for my entire life and I like will literally do half hour soliloquies to myself mm-hmm. in the mirror. Um, and it never occurred to me like that that was writing. Hmm. Um, so maybe cause you, you were saying like you made a sound and then you're like, okay, I'm going to record that. It never occurs to me when I say things in the shower to then record them. Right. But you write them down sometimes, don't you? Sometimes, but not really. Hmm. So like I maybe I need to be more more disciplined about like trying to to copy the things down that I'm saying to myself because they're coming right. out of somewhere. Right. Yeah. You, um, you could even make a rule that after your shower you have to put something in your notes on your phone. Oh, interesting. Like That'd be you're cool. Thinking of. Or like yeah. when you wake up in the morning, like you know, write your first thought of the day or whatever. Yeah. So so um, creative progress. Right. What I'm doing right now is um. I just got back from break and I'm. I submitted a bunch over break, but there were these two pieces that I'd already written. One that I'll share with you because I'm actually really proud of it. I just haven't shared it yet because I'm Yay. worried. Um, there's a lot of things like it can't be published somewhere else before you publish it, even on a personal blog. Mm-hmm. So I haven't posted it anywhere because I, I 
want to have been trying to submit it. Right. Um, which kind of sucks, honestly. Yeah, but anyway, it kind of puts you in a trap between being someone who gets blog reads and being someone who Self- goes through other... Yeah, which is... Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it it traps you between someone who has a blog and gets famous that way or gets picked up that way or just submits to journals, which is a very slow and painstaking process. Mm. Anyway, um, I got back from break and I was feeling like, wow, you've been submitting, but you also haven't written anything in a year or like, right. you know, six months. Um, so then I was sitting down and I was like, you know, I'll just try and write about my summer. Um, and so I just started writing from the beginning because I don't remember what, like the whole point that I was trying to make in the first thing, but I was like, I'll just start from, from the top and go through. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I was writing about it, like these pieces, like, and fragments that I had written down in my journal across the summer started coming in and connecting into the narrative of the summer. Oh, cool. Um, now, I don't, like, the summer itself is not a beautiful narrative arc, which is, like, a very, <laughs> something that you usually like to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like, I, suddenly it'll be like, that thing that I wrote down that I wanted to turn into something that didn't feel substantial enough is suddenly becoming a side, like, the way that I write is, like, I'll try to write a narrative, but then I'll have to reverse seven times to right. be like, wait, let me explain why this is something that is important. Um and so, like, I'll, I'll have to include all these portions of my summer that I had written about previously that I never ended up bringing in, mm-hmm. um, which has been really cool, actually, and it's been a cool exercise. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to Adam, and I was like, I don't, I don't know that my summer is anything worth, worthy of mentioning, and he was like, something in you is trying to write about it, so I would just go, like... Totally. You know doesn't matter if something in you is saying that you need to write about the summer you're not going to know until you've written it down what the thread is that you're following totally I, and i was like huh that's a genius way to go adam once, he's really once great once again really contributing to our lives here yes uh, <laughs> if only you knew <laughs> um that's so interesting like i totally agree i mean that's kind of the whole point of like talking about your problems out loud or also writing about things like, even if it's, you know, an essay for school or whatever, like, the process of writing it down brings so much to the surface that you can't just think about in your mind with the limitations of that form of thinking. Right. And, like, you know, if maybe, maybe you're thinking that your summer doesn't have some arc, but it's possible that the more you write, like, all of a sudden, some, some little thread will become very clear, like, it'll just light up, like, like, stars in the night. (laughs) Like, well, I mean, the point is, is that my not having a narrative arc could ordinarily stop me from writing anything down in the first place. Right, exactly. And that's the, that's the damage done is when you, like, I don't know, I'm, and I'm starting to read things and trying to be like, is there even a story here or am I just entertained? And like, a lot of things you read, I don't know if there's like, a lot of David Sedaris's pieces are just funny and, and not all of them close neatly in a package. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I don't know. I think that just, like, trying to write for the sake of writing, I don't know. So that's, that's what I'm trying to work on right now. That's really cool. I um, Well, it's a process. <laughs> I haven't talked to you about this yet. Um, we'll probably go a little bit over, but I want to just share this because I think you'll find it interesting. Um, so I, December, I was having crazy bad anxiety. Like, I never 
I now realize that I've had anxiety my entire life, but I never really understood that that's what it was in a lot of ways. Okay, um, I, I relate to that, so I'm sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> my, that my life happened to me? <laughs> no, I'm sorry that, you know, um, it's, it's not easy to have anxiety, but... But yeah, I had a, I had a really tough month of December, and then um, I had a couple of panic attacks, which I had never... I would had one in my life previously, but, um, but yeah, I like... Something kind of triggered me, and then... I started, my heart started to really race, and then I was, like, paralyzed, and I just, like, literally could not move. I was so stressed out, and, and, like, my body was just in this weird, Mm -hmm. you know, frozen mode, and I was, like, paralyzed, and I, and finally, eventually, I, like, willed myself to move my arm, and then, like, I made it so I could call my mom, and we talked, and whatever, and so then, um, my mom the next day was like, hey, I like, I think maybe you should try going to a therapist. Like, I went when I was your age, and it really helped me. And um, there's, like, a feel – there's, like, a certain just type of philosophy called, like, Jungian, like some, some guy whose last name is Carl Jung. Carl Jung. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, just, like, a field of whatever, therapy and philosophy. And so my mom was like, I'm just going to see if there's, like, a therapist like that near you. And so she found this woman, and so it's basically just, like, traditional therapy, but um, this woman is, like, really focused on dreams, and and basically it's just a lot about, um, like, she kind of was explaining to me, she just was like, because I told, I have, like, an extremely... I've, like, always my entire life just had horrible nightmares. Like, I have a really active dream life, and I have extremely vivid dreams all the time. And um, You said you have a really active dream life like you were talking about your sex life. But... <laughs> In place of my active sex I life. I just have these salacious nightmares. <laughs> my nights are crazy. <laughs> um, but anyways, I've just always had really vivid dreams, and then... Um, And then I was kind of, like, explaining that to my therapist, and she was like, well, I do a lot of work with dreams because I just really believe, like, my goal is sort of to help elevate things that are happening in your subconscious, like, things that your brain is kind of trying to push to the surface, and and dreams are a really perfect example because it's something that when your, like, filter is off and, like, it's almost like you dream, you dream in a different language, like, you just your brain is just pushing forward like images and like things that it's thinking that it doesn't even like put into a sentence yet really. Right. Um, and so I had like, when I was having all this anxiety, I had this really crazy nightmare, like right the night before I went to go see her. And I, it was basically, I had a dream that I was like sitting outside on this terrace looking at these mountains and then there's like this huge football player guy who came storming out and he was really angry and he was like, where's my daughter? And I was like, oh, she's right there. And I pointed, and there's this big mansion with all these teenagers sneaking into it. And then he, like, went sprinting there. And the teenagers were, like, they were, like, pretty young. And um, there was, like, a bunch of girls. And they were all, like, dressed in, like, short skirts and tank tops and stuff. And he, like, go, he was, like, livid. And he goes storming after his daughter. And then I was, like, watching the house from where I was sitting And then all of a sudden, this football player guy, like, lifted up this kid and, like, smashed him into the window. And it was this very bloody dream where, like, I saw, like, the glass crack and, like, his face was just, like, getting smashed. And then he threw him again and he threw him through the window. He was, like, so angry. 
and then the kid like falls off two floors like falls off a balcony and then lands in this hot tub and then he's like face down and there's like blood just spreading out from him and it was like this, this is a graphic it was like a really bloody violent dream and then like the kid starts bobbing and then finally he like bobs up to his faces he's like face up and he had like blood pouring out of his mouth and he was dead and then the football player guy was like I didn't mean to like I didn't mean to kill him and then it just faded like literally just like a black like black came came from the edges and then just slowly like consumed the screen and the screen and then just like closed and so that was like this crazy dream that I had had and I was talking to this therapist about it and she was just like She's like, I mean, sometimes, like, obviously certain things, like, if you're dreaming about a specific person, a lot of times it represents that person, but also a lot of times your dreams just represent different parts of you, and, right. and so she was, like, this angry, like, football player, like, that's a lot of, like, anger and, like, masculine energy, and you clearly, like, have... She got a- that right. <laughs> you, maybe you're gay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I should have started with that. <laughs> Um, she's like, you know, there's like, that's like your inner masculine side and it's angry. It's pissed off right now. And it's going to try to defend the helpless young feminine. Like it's angry and it's going in there to protect it. And then, and then, you know, maybe it even gets so mad that it has a temper tantrum, but then the compassion comes out and it's like, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to kill that part of me. Like, like there's compassion in there too and she was Hmm. and so I mean it was just such an interesting way of like my dreams have always been such a mystery to me but they've always been a really big part of my life and it was a really interesting tool to just look at it as like okay well why am I dreaming about that and like Hmm. why do I have this like vivid angry scary dream with all these feelings in it and it's kind of interesting when you just think of it as like representing parts within you and, right. and so it could mean like a bunch of different things. It doesn't necessarily have to mean exactly that. But just when she said, when she just was like the masculine part was defending the, you know, innocent, um, helpless female part. And I realized like, that's so true. Like the, the masculinity and the femininity. And like, I'm in this phase where a lot of stuff is really scary and I'm like trying to be a tough and I'm trying to be, right. you know, whatever. And, and it is such a balance too of like my feminine instincts and stuff that makes me really sensitive and those are a strength, but also, you know, another part of me wants to try to protect myself from those things. And, sure. And it's interesting to delve into what your brain is pushing forward for a reason. Like it's similar to what Adam yeah. said of there must be a reason why you want to write, why you're wanting to write about this. There's probably something right. there. And I think that our minds... Like, we, we live so, we live on, on one plane, you know, our, consci- right. our consciousness yeah. is the main state that we're living in, and we don't delve into our, you know, subconscious really ever, yeah. unless you're a creative person and you're doing something specifically to dive into it, whatever it is, whether it's cooking or, re- yeah. or reading or writing or playing music, and fun way to circle back around and wrap this up that was sort of (laughs) (laughs) that was sort of the entire concept behind everybody's brain dead is like it's a lyric from my song you're still my sugar um and it's also just kind of the idea of like 
all of these people as we become adults and we lose our childhood creativity and passion you sort of walk around as though you're unconscious in a way or you know you're only living on one field and especially when you're a creative person sometimes it can feel like um everyone around you is just totally brain dead and not and not digging in and not trying to find you know the next next layers I actually experienced that as as me being brain dead. I don't I experience it as like what's wrong with me that I but <laughs> like what you're saying is is I think but the work of art is to like poke holes in the brain the brain dead it like it's it's to make cracks in it so that you know people aren't not gonna if they're brain dead they're not gonna hear your songs and be like I get it right away but like we start chipping away at, at the cracks in it and we start accessing the parts of them or that are really human and and start working to that i don't know to try and because that's the whole point of art right is to like communicate a, on a different level than than what is straightforward yeah yeah that's what i think art is for i guess i don't really know me too i agree hmm. I and get- now we've solved what art is <laughs> what is art um, next week on Everybody's Brain Dead. <laughs> um, next week you won't be here, but that makes me mm. sad. I wish you could. That makes. I wish you could virtually. That makes me sad too. I wish you could virtually co-host. I think the main solution is for you to move out here and then uh, help me run this podcast. Damn. Stateside. That is that is a thought. Stateside. <laughs> I'm stateside right now. Um, <laughs> oh right. You know what? My future and what it will hold is, at this moment, a very big question mark. So stay tuned. I don't know. There's an, there's a research institute at UCLA that actually would be perfect for me, but... For a PhD program? No, it's... um The Williams Institute at UCLA Law is um an LGBT equality academic institute. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're pretty cool. But anyway, I don't really know what I'm doing these days, so I'll get back to you in four to five months. <laughs> okay. Well, we will find out. Next time we talk to you, you're gonna you're gonna have a cool new job and a hot girlfriend, and you are going to be... wait. Can I just? I know that we're way over time. <laughs> Sometimes I go back through my journal and I'm like, that's pretty good. I found a letter I wrote to my ex, and it was like. It was really sincere. It was like I watched La La Land and it brought back these thoughts and it made Aww. me think like, man, it was so sad that it couldn't work. But like it, life was what it was at that point and it just never was going to work. But then at the end, I was like, I'm just imagining that one day I'm with my wife. She's a model. And like, <laughs> I'm writing this really tender letter that like in, for all intents and purposes, I could send to my ex. And <laughs> she'll talk about who broke up with her which is hard to believe because she's a model (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i crack myself up anyway thank you so much for having me on the show um i have a lot of thoughts about art and writing and i'm glad that you could let me share them with you dude thank you for being on it you're my favorite person favorite creative favorite podcast guest favorite gay thank you except shackle of course but Mm -hmm. yeah uh well, we're different. We, you and I, have a, a more similar creative process. Right. <laughs> um. So fuck you, Shekel, and good. <laughs> and I'm moving out. <laughs>
Um, oh, well, thanks so much, dude. I'll have you back on again for sure. Um, Thank you. Maybe next year. Next year. Maybe next year. Um, all right. Well, have a good week. Uh, you too, and I'm excited to hear your um, your latest and greatest tunes, and I'll, oh, I'll I, send I thought you, you what gonna, I have. I thought you were going to say you're excited to hear my outro music. I am. Can you guess um, what and it I'll is? Just, I'll just stay waiting. Is it, everybody's praying dead? Yep, and we're going to find out if you're in the right key right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. All right, later. Sugar